Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another episode of Productive Nation Podcast. I am your host, Adam, and our guest today is Brother Muhammad Kuadan from Tenfold. Tenfold is a nonprofit that develops charities for individuals and organizations globally. In this episode, Brother will share with us ongoing charities that you and I can take part. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Muhammad, and welcome to the podcast. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Brother Adam. Thank you for having me. Awesome to have you here. You are from Adelaide, Australia. Yes, that's correct. Alhamdulillah. All I know about Australia is Sydney, so I have to Google Adelaide, and it's a beautiful <laughs> place. It's a beautiful place. It is. It is, mashallah. It's, uh, I recently moved here. I am from Sydney originally. I was born and raised in Sydney and, uh, and moved to Adelaide only about six months ago. Um, it is, it's, a, it's a different lifestyle and it's a, a slower paced uh, city. How is it like to live in there? Um, it's excellent, mashallah. Um, I, I moved so I can spend more time in doing the projects that we, that we run. Um, it, you know, it gives me the opportunity because it is a, a, a slower paced environment. Mm. So it gives me the opportunity to spend more time um, you know, in using my, my, my resources wisely rather than being stuck in traffic or stuck in congestion. Yeah. Or you know, you know, living in the hustle and bustle of a big city. Yeah, I know you have traveled a lot. So, have you come across as beautiful place as Adelaide? And where was uh, that? Yeah, I mean, there are each place has its own you know, particular beauty. Um, you know, from and it's its own characteristics. For me personally, one of the my favorite places is Turkey, uh, Istanbul. Yeah, that's uh, purely because of the historic, um, you know monuments you know the stance that the ottomans took for so many years mashallah and the remnants of that era um for me that's you know it brings back a lot of happy and sad feelings at the same time when you walk through the city of istanbul yeah um and likewise in egypt um egypt's also a fascinating place alhamdulillah with with so much history and so much to learn from and so much vibrance and culture um you know one small trip is not enough to to really take in everything that these cities have to offer. True. I have been more than twice in Istanbul and, and I haven't seen the whole city. Inshallah, I think, I'm not sure if you're into uh, Dilirish, uh, Ertuğrul. Oh, oh, I was <laughs> asking you about that. I got hooked last year. I got hooked. It yeah. was an amazing series. We're, we're going on our three, third year now, so we're completely... Yeah, with the, the final episode comes out tomorrow, Subhanallah. So um, yeah, we're eagerly waiting, eagerly waiting to to watch it. Mashallah. Yeah, that <laughs> that show seriously made me fall in love with with Turks and their culture. Mashallah. Yes, yes, and then, I mean that's this is what I mean. That's what Istanbul, I guess, is everything in that show. I mean, put put aside the dramatic parts of that show. Yeah. Um. You know, you look at the the history of the of, of how the Ottoman Empire was established and the characteristics of those people um, shown through the show. And then when you visit the city of Istanbul, it kind of brings everything to life yeah. of what you've seen. Um, and it truly is a, a, a reference and a resemblance of, of that, that, uh, that city, subhanAllah. Yeah, subhanAllah. Tell us more about yourself and the work you do. Um, well, pretty much uh, with everything that we do is basically we try to assist the community, whether it's a local 
the local Australian community um, or the international uh, Muslim community. So this is something we've been doing for um, about 16, going on 17 years now, alhamdulillah, working in, in community dawah and uh, global dawah, as well as humanitarian aid. So everything, everything we do um, pretty much revolves around assisting others, you know, whether it's through Islamic projects or humanitarian aid projects or local community development projects, which involves people that, you know, not necessarily Muslims, uh, could come from different uh, denomination, denominational backgrounds, um, cultures, and, you know. So basically everything um, we focus on is to, you know, elevate and enhance the life of the community, inshallah, whether it's through education or whether it's through, through aid, something, you know, what, uh, that, those kind of projects, basically, inshallah. How did you got started? I actually started working in the community sector um, through graphic design. I was um, doing I'm a graphic designer, so I was helping some organizations with some of their flyers wow. back in 2003. So, yes, I started doing some of their flyers and designing their websites. And from there, I kind of got to see what they were doing and got involved slowly. And, um, yeah, so got involved in the operational side of it. And then from then on, just stuck with it. Alhamdulillah, and been, been working in that, in that field since. So helping with the marketing and the operational aspects of uh, NGOs and, and community organizations. MashaAllah, Allah guided you to activity where you could utilize your skill and potential, MashaAllah. Yeah, and the funny thing is I'm, I come from a financial background. Um, right. I was working in the, in the bank, uh, the banking um, sector before that. So I kind of left that and, you know, shifted into the community sector because I just felt that I was making a difference. Whereas with banking, you know, the, you know, the money was fine. The, it was, you know, excellent working hours. However, it wasn't, giving me the satisfaction internally that I needed. Mm. And, um, and what, you know, what gave me that satisfaction was helping in these projects. What do you love most about your work? Honestly, I, I think seeing others benefit from the works that we do. I think that's, what, that's the biggest motivation. And knowing that your, your small effort has made the impact to someone's life, you know, that, that is what drives me and drives anyone working in this field because that's what you're that's ultimately what we're trying to do we're trying to impact the lives of those that we're working for and that's a feeling that you can't put a price on it no no you can't you can't it's, it's impossible um and the ones who anyone who works i mean it doesn't have to be an islamic project but anyone who works in any project that that benefits anyone else and they're doing it purely to help that person or to help that community they will understand exactly what I'm talking about, and uh, anyone who's even even helps someone cross the road, yeah. that feeling that you have yeah. is what you're you're chasing. That feeling, um, obviously, you're chasing the reward of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, but that feeling is what keeps you going. Yeah. Tell us more about Tenfold, the organization. Well, Tenfold, yeah, Tenfold started about uh, ten years ago in 2009, and a brother and I, his name was Brother Ibrahim. He, um, we, we, we were part of an organization and we noticed that a lot of people coming to Islam, accepting Islam, but we never had the resources, well, enough resources to actually teach them how to pray and teach them how to, the basics of Islam, um, because everyone was working full time and, you know, to, to find someone to be a buddy or a mentor for someone who accepts Islam, it's very hard to, to allocate that, that time. Yeah. 
So we thought there has to be a better way. And back then there was no, I mean, Facebook was around, but no one really used it. We didn't really, you know, all these social media was, you know, we, we never used it at all. Websites were just, you know, on the up and coming. And, um, and so, so SubhanAllah, we decided to come up with a, an, like there's a, there's a project out there and a lady called Um Omar, she had a prayer mat, which she just kind of de- developed in her backyard and she was handing out to some reverts. So, and that stopped. We didn't see that prayer mat for a while. Then we asked her, you know, if she was still developing that prayer mat mm. and she wasn't. So we got her permission to, to take the concept and change it a bit and then produce it and start, um, you know, uh, distributing it. So we did that and we, we ended up recording a, a online tutorial video. We ended up doing a booklet as well. And we had only intended to hand it out in Sydney. It mm. wasn't something that we thought would go global whatsoever. Yeah. And then we you know, put up a website and then about, I'd say, three or four months after we, we started distributing those prayer packs, we got inquiries from the UK, from the US, asking if they can also get some. So we thought, okay, well, this project's kind of organically expanding and we'd have never spent any money on marketing. We just, it's just word of mouth. And uh, the way it got to the UK, was a, there was a brother from the UK visiting Australia and he took that prayer pack back to the UK and then contacted us. The same, same with the US. So we thought, okay, well, this is kind of growing. And then since then, we've, you know, fast forward 10 years, we, we've, you know, distributed now just over 170,000 um, of those prayer packs on our own. And organizations across the globe have distributed on our, on our behalf in, the, in, the, in excess of about 250,000. Wow. So this is something that, you know, we can't actually put a, finger, uh, a figure on how much more has been distributed because we've actually provided organizations years ago with the, with the master files. So they continuously print and distribute those prayer packs. And, um, and that was the whole intention um, back when we started the project. SubhanAllah, beautiful. I just want to touch on the name itself. The, the name Tenfold originated from one of the, so a few ayah in the Quran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised us that if we do a good deed or we, we give, Allah will give us back in return a minimum of tenfold and more. Um, so this is where the, the, the whole idea came from because the projects that we run, all of our projects, are all Sadaq al projects, ongoing charitable works. We make sure that if anyone, you know, contributes in any way to one of our projects they're getting a minimum of tenfold in reward and more because we want to make sure that their investment whether it's time effort or finances um they we we maximize their return on investment so that way they get more hasanat inshallah inshallah can you unbox for us uh what does the mat prayer box includes yeah, so the, the box itself, so we, we used to have the, um, a DVD and a book and the prayer mat. That's what we used to have in a pack. But over the years, the cost of shipping a whole pack like that was expensive, especially from Australia because we, as you know, we're on the other side of the world and we're right down the bottom uh, away from everything. So the cost of actually shipping one prayer pack to, say, the UK was costing us around $25 US which was quite expensive. So, um, you know, with, with the internet the way it is now and the, the ease of access and communication, we decided to digitize 
the booklet and the the online the the tutorial the, the the DVD itself. So now people can actually go to our website and they can do the course for free and also download the booklet for free as well. So then we thought, okay, well the prayer mat is the only thing that's physical because that's something we believe that is needed in front of you. So what that is is that um, people can actually the prayer the prayer mat itself when they unbox it, they lay, lay it out in front of them. And then in 12 simple steps, they can learn how to pray without anyone teaching them. They can just simply read off the mat step by step and actually make, you know, recite their prayers and, and perform their prayers. And if they want further information about uh, Salat and prayers, they can go into the website and they can download the book and, and watch the video tutorial. So that was a whole idea around uh, the project. And um, we wanted to make it as easy as possible for the for the end user mm-hmm. and not complicated hence why we've only got 12 simple steps and you know we're not we don't go into details that you know um are unnecessary at this at this point so it's basically giving them the the, the pure raw basic of solar and if they want to learn more about it then they can go to their islamic center or their mosque or their sheikh and they can learn more about you know whether to leave the finger up in and and things like that, um, yeah. you know, the hand placement. This is not for us. We want to make sure that it's just simple. Uh, we don't get into thick of anything. And it's it's there purely for someone who doesn't know how to pray. And then they know how to pray after that, inshallah. Inshallah. And I have seen some of pictures on Facebook that I know the project for was meant initially for new Muslims. But I've seen pictures where children are learning to pray too, using that mat. Yeah, so initially we, we had the prayer pack and the intention was for new Muslims. Yeah. And then what we noticed was we started getting so many inquiries from Muslims asking for prayer packs for themselves as adults and also for their children. The feedback we got was the adults who are born Muslim, they were too embarrassed to go to their centers to ask them to teach them how to pray because at, say, 25 to 40 years old, they're, they're, they're just embarrassed to, to ask the question or ask for help to learn how to pray because, you know, apparently, like, you know, as, as Muslims, you know how it is. It's just an assumption that you know how to pray. Yeah. Um, so we get, we get emails all the time, you know, requested. We get people from Saudi, from, from the Emirates, from, you know, Muslim countries who are ordering these prayer packs so they can learn because they, they're ashamed that they haven't learned thus far. And, and the feedback after that, once they learn, they, they send us emails saying, you know, we can actually go to the masjid now and, and praying in Jamaah because we know how to pray now. We're not embarrassed to go there anymore. And this is huge. You know, we've had an email from one person in particular. They were in their mid-30s and they, they've been to the masjid before but have never actually understood what they, how to actually pray. They've just followed the, the motion of the rest of the people in the Jamaah. So, you know, that prayer is not just, as you know, it's not just the action, it's the connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. So how can one get to hold of that or support prayer mat box? Yeah, so basically uh, a few ways. Um, They can go to the website tenfold.ngo and they can order a free pack. So we have a few options on there. They can order one for free and that's a service that we provide. We don't want to stop anyone from learning how to pray. Ultimately, this is something that we, um, this was our intention from the start 10 years ago, and we, we're not going to change that. 
we want to make sure this product is available for free to anyone who requests it. And the way we are able to sustain that is that people will sponsor their prayer pack. So, you know, say for argument's sake yourself, Adam, you'll jump on our website and you have the opportunity to sponsor someone else to learn how to pray. And then we use those funds that you sponsored um, with to send that free prayer pack to someone else who's requested it. So that's how our, our model works. And then people can also purchase it. So people can go online, they can also purchase the prayer pack and the funds are gone, go straight back into the project anyway. So it's like they've sponsored one um, pretty much. Um, so alhamdulillah, all the funds that are, that are channeled through the website, whether it's a, a prayer pack that's been sold or, or sponsored, um, it all goes back into the project, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I want to ask a few questions about humanitarian work and charity work. What we yes. see often is the end result. We don't see what is the behind the scene. We don't see what's happening behind the scene. We see the pictures. We see the end result. We see when the aid gets there. Can you yes. share something about behind the scenes that most people don't know about charity work? Yeah, um, it's one of the most hardest, grueling jobs you'll ever have. At the same time, one of the most rewarding jobs you'll ever have. And I say hardest is because you're dealing with issues that, number one, you're not exposed to as on a, on a personal level. So whether it's hunger, whether it's... Um, uh, you know, emergency aid from, you know, tornadoes or, or earthquakes or whatever it may be, um, famine, uh, lack of water, diseases, all these issues that we see that's happening around the world, you're seeing it on a daily basis, but not only seeing it from the eyes of a viewer online on Facebook through an ad, mm. you're seeing it because you're the one working on this project. You're the one either designing the campaign or you're the one dealing with the project team on the ground in that country you're seeing the raw videos that are being sent through to you that have to be edited. Um, you're seeing the raw photos that have to be edited. Um, you're seeing that on a daily basis. From a, from a mental and emotional point of view, it's very hard because it does affect you. Mm. It definitely does strike a chord. But once again, that's, that's what the driving factor is. That's what keeps you going. And that's what makes you wake up every single morning excited to go to work. Because people see, a lot of people in charity work, or humanitarian work in general, they, the hours of, of, of work is much longer than someone in a, in a normal nine-to-five job. Yeah. There is no nine-to-five in charity, absolutely no nine-to-five because you're liaising with you know, field officers and field teams all around the world. Uh, you're on the clock 24-7. And depending on what role you play in the actual organization, you know, the, the time that you have to spend in the office, they're long hours. And you know, it does affect you know your personal life it affects you know it could affect a lot of things but that's what that's what the position entails and like i said you ask anyone who does it they they're more than happy to do it as long as they know how to strike that balance properly so yeah so it is difficult um in that sense but at the same time extremely rewarding and one of the most uplifting jobs that you could ever ever have um, and you know, everyone is born with some sort of talent or they can add some sort of value, you know, find my advice is, you know, if anyone wants to go into this field of work, I guess, is to find out what, what value you can add to an organization. You know, it could be in design, it could be in marketing, it could be in communications, um, customer service, whatever it may be, whatever your skill is, and you can apply it definitely within that, within that sector. 
anyone can take part in charity. Um, as long as you don't uh, have certain expectations, um, you know, it's not for everyone. It, I, I will have to say that's not for everyone because yeah. it does require a lot of patience. It really does. It's not like your nine to five job where you go and you go like, you know, you go to work and then you go home and you go and do your afternoon sports and your hobbies. You go home and it's still on your mind. Work is on your mind 24 seven. There's always, you know, it, 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 whether it's, you know, because of the, um, the campaign, cause there's always, there's always something happening around the world. There's never a time where there's no charity that's needed. So yeah. it's always constantly go, go, go. And you're going from one season to another. So you're going from whether it's a Ramadan season, then you're going into Qurban season. And then there's always an earthquake or there's always a, a war happening. There's always something going on that, and people need help. So it's not like you get a quiet period. It's constant. And then when you're in Ramadan, you know, that's, it's all hands on deck. And then if a disaster happens at the same time or there's a war at the same time, like take Gaza, for instance, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless our brothers and sisters from Gaza Amen. and ease their affairs. Amen. Um, it just so happens that over the past, what, four or five years, or even longer, every Ramadan, they're being bombarded and they're being bombed. So you got a campaign for Ramadan, but you also got to, you know, a campaign for Gaza. Then you got campaign for Yemen and Syria. So there's always something happening. So um, you definitely have to be patient and you have to be very well organized to kind of multitask different projects at, at any given time, inshallah. But I think the biggest point and, um, and the biggest kind of characteristic that you have to have is to constantly renew your intention that is something because you don't want that job to end up being just a job. You know, you go in there with a clear intention of you want to create change. You want to create hope. You want to, you know, you want to do something for your community. Um, so you need to, you need to constantly check your intention because when times get tough, when there's deadlines, because at the end of the day is a job, but there are deadlines to meet, you know, it can, there's a lot of pressure. You have to renew your intention to ensure that why am I here? What am I doing here exactly? You know, is it for X, Y, Z, or is it because I, I love what I do and I want to help I want to help others? So, you know, just checking yourself and checking in with yourself on a, on a regular basis to make sure that your intention is in check, inshallah. Inshallah. Coming to end of our conversation, but would you like to share with us something that you have learned from your experience? Nothing is impossible. If you look at our like during the time of the past 10 years that we've been working on our own personal project with Tenfold, I've also helped other, other, other charity organizations, many of them, in the, within that 10 years. And our project was always in the background, just running itself. And, you know, so people look at me now and they say, wow, mashallah, you travel everywhere and, you know, your Tenfold is, is doing really well, mashallah. You know, how how'd you, how'd you get to, to do it so fast? And I said, no, 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 it's not that easy. That's 10 years in the making. You know, that's, that's a, it's not something that comes overnight. So, but it did come and that's kind of not giving up, making sure that if you have a, if you sincerely have a good project and you believe in it and you think that it can impact the lives of many, it doesn't have to take, doesn't like we, we live in a lifestyle now where we want instant gratification. Yeah. We put a post up, we want to have a million likes straight away. We want it to go viral. We need to understand that we do a project, we, we sow the seed, we plant it, 
And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take that and he will allow that plant to grow when he believes that it's the right time. And this is what happened with us at Tenfold. So in the course of 10 years, you know, it was, it was there, it was running, it was growing at a steady pace, but only within the last year and a half has it grown to where it is today. But like I said, it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress. So definitely I, I would say, you know, believe in yourself and, can, you know, if you do believe in a project and you think that it can have some sort of impact, um, definitely go ahead and do it. And, and don't, don't let anything become a factor between you and, and you know, fulfilling that project. You know, funds, if, if, if funds is an issue, the funds will come. If, you're, if your intention is sincere, the funds will come. I'm a f- firm believer with that. Um, so that's, you know, and, and, and do it for a good reason. You know, one of the reasons we, we started Tenfold was to leave a personal legacy um, behind. That's one of the biggest reasons we started this was um, we want to make sure that on the Day of Judgment we have a, a bank of good deeds there waiting for us because we're all sinners and, you know, we need to make sure that our, our, our good deeds outweigh our sins. So this is one of the um, one of the you know ways that we can obviously make this happen, inshallah. And if within this uh, time and throughout our journey and throughout our sharing, you know our ups and downs and our successes and our failures, we hope to inspire others to do us to do the same, inshallah. You know, this is something that we want to make sure, inshallah. Inshallah, and may Allah bless your work and increase it even more. Allahumma amin, jazakallah khair. Where can people find you? What is the easiest way to connect with you? Um, Instagram, probably the best way to do it. Um, and that's just um, at my full name, Muhammad Quaden, uh, on Instagram. Um, and on Facebook, same thing, Muhammad Quaden. That's the easiest way to find yeah. me and connect with me. And um, people know that when they message me, I, I do get back to them um, personally. I, um, I do have you know someone working on my social media accounts, but at the same time, in regards to messaging, I, I personally like to message people back personally to, to make sure that they, they know it's me uh, speaking to them directly. Um, so if you do have a question, if you do want to connect, please just uh, reach out and I'll, I'll definitely uh, will respond. It won't, be, it won't be straight away, but I, I definitely will respond, inshallah. Awesome. Jazakallah khair for sharing your story. And may I wish you all the best. I wish you success to all your projects and it's Ramadan. So if anyone want, would like to increase their rewards, this is the best time to give a charity. We got six more days to go if you're in Australia. It's an opportunity that we don't know will, will we be able to witness. We don't know are we going to live for next Ramadan. So this is the best time to take part. And Shazakallah khair, I really enjoyed talking to you. Bayakum, it was an absolute pleasure. Wallahi, it was actually an absolute pleasure. And, you know, subhanAllah, meetings like this and conversations like this, you know, we, we get to collaborate and connect with one another. You're in Finland, I'm in Australia. Yeah. You know, subhanAllah, um, you know, and this is, this is the beauty of, I guess, Islam and technology it's mm. as well. Um, speaking to you today, it feels like I've, I've known you for a while. This is purely because we share uh, the kalima we, we share that so and this is off the back of that alhamdulillah but uh, thank you very much for having me.